This is Cinema Spin. Welcome, everybody, to a brand new episode of Cinema Spin. I am Matt. And I'm Jason. And welcome to the show. Well, it's been an interesting week. How about for you? Um, interesting's probably putting too much English on it, but uh, yeah, it's been busy, that's for sure. Our feature movie tonight, or our first movie, is, uh, uh, what is it called? A Good Person. A Good Person. Uh, and I struggled to uh, find the time to see this. Yeah, 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 I kind of um, did too. Per, well, the first half of it I'm going to put on myself, because I did, obviously there was a, uh, many windows I had the chance, well not many, but a few that I let sail by. It's been out for about 10 days now. Right. Yeah, I, so. I, I let, let several times, several, you know, chances sail by. Yeah. Procrastination. Yeah, as, me, as too. We both me too. Me too. And then when it came time to kind of be crunchy, you know, I had to really get this thing watched. You know, I was having a hard time, you know, because basically I need a four-hour window to see this movie. It's, you know, about a 40-minute drive to get there. Mm-hmm. Movie's two hours plus, mm-hmm. with especially with the seven uh, trailers that were on this thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> and the trailer for the trailers, which they now have, which mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of. But uh, so, I, you know, it, took, it was a little tough. Trailers to, to, for the trailers. Did you, did you see a Chevy car commercial? Uh, I no, I don't think so. Oh, okay. I I, I try to show up early for those for more cl- ex- exclusive content. Well, I can't blame you. You can't get that kind of content on regular television. Exactly. Why don't you just tell us about? Shall our, we proceed? Our brand new movie this week. Okay. Our newish movie. Okay. Our newish movie this week is uh, a good person. A good person stars Florence Pugh as Allison, a beautiful young woman who had it all. And when you describe someone that way, you're about to explain how everything fell apart. Uh, a year prior, Allison was involved in a car accident that may or may not have been her fault, but resulted in the death of her fiancé's sister and destroyed her relationship with said fiancé, Nathan. Allison was taking painkillers for injuries suffered in the crash at first, but now she's just taking painkillers and becoming increasingly desperate when she can't find them. At a recovering meeting, she runs into her ex-fiancé's father, Daniel, played by Morgan Freeman, and becomes gradually more and more involved in his life, as well as the life of Daniel's niece, Ryan, the daughter of the woman who died in the crash. Will Allison find redemption? Will Ryan and Daniel and Nathan be able to forgive her for what she's taken from them? Will there be a heavy-handed Morgan Freeman voiceover talking, uh, uh, introducing a clunky metaphor for the possibility of starting over, in this case a train set? There will be a oh, spoiler alert on that last one. Uh, this movie was written and directed by Zach Braff, who is known, uh, known for starring on the sitcom Scrubs, then directing a series of une- uneven movies, and finally for being the real-life ex-boyfriend of Florence Pugh. Uh, they'd broken up by the time this movie started filming, but two things are clear watching watching this. One, the part was really was clearly written just for her, and two, the person who shot and edited this movie is still deeply in love with her. Uh, and who can blame him? If ever there was a movie where a single actor and performance was able to rescue a script from its worst impulses, this is it. Baraf's screenplay is wildly uneven, uneven dialogue that would roll the eyes of the most sentimental lifetime movie aficionado exists within seconds of almost unwatchable poignancy. Uh, and it's Pew's, Pew's raw, fearless, and funny performance that holds it all together, even when I wanted to take a flamethrower to that stupid train set metaphor. On balance, I like this movie quite a bit. I really want 10 minutes alone with it in an editing bay, though. Uh, what did you think, Matt? Uh, mostly this movie works for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I think I maybe even liked it a little more than you did. Okay. I'm not going to argue a lot of the points where this is, you know, treading in material that's been done to death. Yeah. And it doesn't really <laughs> doesn't really bring much that's uh, original to the table. Yeah. Um, I'll say that it probably the things that, that bothered you didn't bother me as much. I mean, yeah, it's a pretty clunky metaphor, but... I don't know. Just went with it. It was mostly the voice. The performance is well. The voiceover could have been a lot worse. Uh, it it does be. go away. Right. For it goes most it, of... exactly. There could have been more of it, and I, I sort of wonder if there were. Well, I'm sure there. Yeah, if, you, right. if you're going to employ that tactic, yeah. you know, most people would not be able to not do it to death. Mm-hmm. Um, the performance is so so likable that uh, it just carried me through it. Perfect. Um, it's you know it's too early in the the season to be talking about Oscars, but she does certainly deserves an MP MVP award. If I mean, if there were ever a movie really carried on the back of an actor, actress, uh, this is it. Um, yeah. This probably implodes pretty quick in a performance that not nearly is uh, charismatic. Yeah. You know, if I'm watching this, if I, you know, if I were some sort of studio executive giving uh, notes on this, I mean, right off the bat, I think that, an obvious choice in terms of editing this movie is this movie needs to start 10 minutes later and it needs to end 10 minutes earlier. It starts out with, you know, like I said, the little voiceover thing, but then we get into, Oh, the good times and Oh, how happy they were as, as a couple. And then, and and then we have to see the wreck. And, and I think the, I I think the, the accident might've been, a, a lot more effective if it had just been like a haunted memory that nobody is really, really sure what happened. Right. Right. Um, and, uh, as for the end, Oh God. Uh, so at the end of this movie, we get mm, spoil I uh, slight spoilers here, but you, you should know a movie like this is going to end generally on an upbeat note. At the end of the movie, we get an inevitable insurance that everything's going to be okay. Then another, then another, then at least a fourth. I lost count. Um, I guess. I mean, uh, and and you know, f- with the movie pr- prior to that, in in its sort of emotional climax, had had, had sort of wallowed in creating an unexpectedly um, messy sort mm-hmm. of uh, 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 sort of uh, 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 emotional catharsis, right? Um, and granted, we want to walk back from that, but, uh, we don't want to like scrub clean all of the, you know, everything we all, everything we got out <sighs> could have been scene. worse though. Yeah. It could have been worse. Well, you know, I, I mean, it could have been worse. <laughs> lots, I mean, of, yeah, lots of things could have been I can worse. conceive a version it. of this movie right. where, well, that, that's spoiler talk. Yeah. Well. We end up closer to back where we started than we end up. Uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I just think the, 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 the kind of last ten minutes of this movie just robs it of any sort of authenticity, and it gives us a really, really patronizing happy ending at the end of, at the end of all, uh, of what we've seen, and afterwards. I mean, especially after that very, when you we're talking about this, this really, really ugly climax where everybody like right really screams absolutely you know gets everything off their chest and in, in the most hurtful ways possible right. right from there and we're kind of getting into spoiler territory here again too but let me just say that um 
you know, we struggle in this country with uh, coming up with with uh, a solution to addiction that really takes. And I think the movies have it. The, what you really need if you're a drug addict is you need a montage. You need a recovery montage. You need a montage where you're throwing out the drugs and you're getting into <laughs> therapy. And, right. And that works every time, right? Uh, so this movie has – it relies on a lot of cliches. It relies on a lot of uh, – uh, 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 really, really kind of cheap tricks. Um, but nonetheless, uh, you know, I'm trashing this movie, but nonetheless, I, I'm left with with uh, uh, an overall really positive, you know, I like this movie generally. I think I think a lot of the things are true where, you know, it, it does do a lot of the, if you say tropes with, with this type of movie, mm-hmm. it does go through a lot of, you know, territory that's been blazed before. Yeah. But... I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing if you stick the landing at the end a little better. Uh, you know, yeah. you can argue that there's at least a part of almost every movie that's not very original anymore. I mean, there's so many movies made, mm-hmm. maybe not as often as something like this. Yeah, but you know, there's going to be some familiarity to almost every any plot point. Period. Yeah. You know? Um, maybe this one goes through. You know, because of it, it this kind of movie's been made before. It feels like it's checking off a certain number of boxes from that genre. Yeah, and I think that makes it feel maybe a little bit worse. Yeah, but the ending, yeah, is not quite satisfying for me in terms of it does feel like it's a little wrapped up in a bow. Oh yeah, it it, it just walks you through like every problem relationship that she had and just sort of uh, you know uh, yeah, it's just like oh here's how this resolved and here's how that's resolved. And I yeah. will say that there's something about the Morgan Freeman character that I thought. Because his motivations are never really like normally that character is just like this pure heart who you know yeah and his motivations are really kind of selfish yeah yeah especially he's, when fully revealed certainly he's he uh, the Morgan Freeman character is complex in a way that we don't see out of a Morgan Freeman character very often right and he gives a really great performance uh, in the in this role yeah um. There, uh, there, there's a scene. I mean, we talk about, uh, you know, the good and the bad. I haven't really emphasized the good. There's a scene in a diner uh, that's a conversation between uh, her and and uh, more and Morgan Freeman, the Morgan Freeman character. That, I mean, the di- the things that they're saying it, it is not anything earth shattering. In fact, it's a lot of stuff we've heard about uh, the regrets of uh, and the problems of the addict, right? Right. But um, the interplay between the two of them, this, the, the 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 sort of chemistry and the way that the two, as actors they sort of play off each other, make that a really memorable scene. And 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 uh, there's a few good scenes, really good scenes in this. Yeah, movie. Th- there are. There really yeah. are. There's a a scene where Florence's character goes into a uh, a bar trying to score some yeah. drugs. Yeah. Uh-huh. Some. Like townies, I guess. Yeah, kids who know. I think Zach Braff is sort of obsessed with that concept of the yeah. kids that never got out. Right. Because I mean, Garden State is New basically Jer- about that. New Jersey townies. Yeah. And right. uh, uh, here we see two characters that are you know very much. I, I was wondering if they were going to become even a little bit bigger part of the movie. Right. They didn't really, and I think uh-huh. that, that was glad, I was glad for it. But that was an interesting scene because it was sort of an intense encounter. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's an intense encounter and, and ends ends in a way that that. Um. Uh, that seems uh that 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 seems sort of unexpected, but but pretty insightful. I mean, like uh, you know uh, I'm not giving anything away here. She's she's addicted to oxycotton, right? Um, at, which is uh 
gone out of style. You know, it's, it's sort of it's tough to find anymore, right? And so uh, when they when uh, she makes a deal with these townies and uh, uh, they kind of make good on their deal, they have to she has to sort of make do with with what's available at the time, right? And uh, uh, that that sort of rings true, right? Yeah, given uh, given the current state of of drug use in America, yeah. For a movie I like, I want to I want to say so much more good stuff about it, but like the Molly Shannon character, for instance, is just so one note, and yeah, so, and and so on the nose. You you wonder if there's not because she has a f- couple good scenes. She has a there's couple, a couple yeah. scenes that are very very you know, like you said one note, and uh, you've seen it a million times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On every TV movie, but. Uh, you wonder if there's not a little bit more of a performance on the cutting room floor that may have been some of the nuance of it. Yeah, might, you know, uh, maybe. And it's a shame. She, I mean, she's she's a good actress, right? She's... But I mean, there's a lot in this movie that needs to be addressed, and maybe that's where that, that's where it got cut. Yeah, I think he's got a way of like this, ugh, like really uh, like a melancholy air about his films that I tend to fall for a little bit. I think. Yeah, it's it tends to just speak to me on on some level that I'm receptive to. I think. Yeah, with this, you know, his his musical tastes are are a certain way, and same as Garden State, I, I feel like, mm-hmm. and uh, just the the t- his tone that he achieves is is I think something I fall for a little bit too. So I think that uh, lent me to to enjoy this ride maybe and, and not nitpick and and you know looking back on it, I, I can I can see everything that you're bringing up. Yeah, just in the moment, it didn't distract me, and I think yeah. I'm all the better for it. You know, yeah. so I I and I think a lot of these things. They didn't wear on me necessarily in the moment. It was like, okay, that that didn't work, but now we're on to the next scene, and this scene's working better. So, um, I'm kind of trashing this movie, but but uh, uh, but I think generally, um, the scenes that work really really work, and, and and you know, and are able to overcome the, uh, the the scenes that don't. I was a little concerned that you would hate this movie, and I would really not be able to defend it very well mm-hmm. because I don't you know I love this movie. I liked it. Yeah. Um, and I thought if you passionately hated it, I couldn't match your passion with, yeah, yeah, with yeah. like, it yeah, was going to yeah. be real hard for me. Yeah. So thankfully it, uh, yeah, it, it yeah, 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 yeah. I, 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 I wonder if there is a Florence Pugh movie that I'm really capable of like, because she, it's not, you know, it's not just, obviously she's gorgeous, uh, but uh, it's, it's not, very, that's not it. She's, she's, dynam- just, she's dynamically charismatic. Yeah, right? yeah, she, right, yeah, she, she's, uh, if nothing else, you get to see what she, what she's doing. Even a movie like Don't Worry Darling, which is a movie that I, she's awesome I, in that. I definitely didn't like. Uh, the, the cable one where she, uh, what was that called, where she, um, The Wonder. The one where she it's like it was like in the eighteen hundreds in in Ireland and she has to investigate. Oh right 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 yeah yeah the kids the, the, yeah right yeah right she's really good in that yeah and that's not that great yeah of a that's movie. not yeah that's not um so yeah I think I think it's a just a she has a, a an amazing ability to create empathy for her characters yeah right right and and she's uh, uh I've said this about her before she has this amazing ability to uh to to never uh, to to project uh, many different emotions at the same time, even even without uh, a lot of the usual tricks that actors use for that kind of thing, you know. Right. Um. And uh. And so yeah, she's she's just a, a, a really truly fabulous actress. Um. Now that said, what did we make of her singing in this movie? Because uh, and before you answer, she has released singles of some of her. Uh, 
music some some of the songs she sings in this movie yeah she's a decent singer um i don't know if she's a professional lover singer lover singer a level singer but uh she's all right i don't know if the songs are very good yes i don't think she's i, I think she needs to stick to acting <laughs> i think she has an adequate enough voice i mean you know, you know it. You, you're in the music there are plenty of great performers who are not great singers yes i think that she was she's she's singer enough to be the singer on a really great song and it to be a great song. Yeah. Uh, I think she was, uh, uh, not Not only did she not have much of a range, I think she was really off a lot of the time, uh, off of a lot of the notes she was uh, singing. Um, that said, there is a pretty, uh, pretty uh, interesting uh, foreshadowing in this movie. The love song that uh, at the very beginning during the happy times, uh, she gets to the piano and plays this uh, sort of the, uh, this sort of pretty love song to her, uh, dedicated to her fiance, right? And uh, as it turns, and that is a Velvet Underground song. <laughs> really, I did not realize that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's maybe foreshadowing that there's going to be drug problems in the future of this movie. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not it's not uh, you know uh, perfect day, you know, which is a love song about heroin right right, but uh, right. yeah but but it definitely portends uh complications having to do with substances so <laughs> all right i guess that's gonna do it for i can never remember this a movie. good person a it, good person you know well that that makes a good point it, it's not a bad it's a dumb title it's, it's a it's, bad it's title. a it's a really bland title yes um, and they could have come up with something better um m- much much better um it's a yeah, a really something uh, with a colon, perhaps. <laughs> something with a colon. You know, that's the right. I know. The flavor right. du jour of Hollywood. <laughs> a good person too. A better person. No. Let's take a break, and we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Cinema Spin. Welcome back. Our randomly selected film for this episode comes from the mind of screenwriter Charlie Kaufman and is 2004's Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. The film was directed by Michelle Gondry and revolves around the relationship of a couple, Joel, played by Jim Carrey, and Clementine, played by Kate Winslet. In the film, we find Joel reeling from his recent breakup with Clementine. While visiting some friends, he finds out that not only has Clementine separated from him, but she is also taking the extreme step of undergoing a new and experimental medical procedure that will remove from her any memory of ever having known Joel in the first place. Further devastated by learning of this procedure, Joel decides to undergo the procedure himself to erase all memories he has of Clementine and their relationship. Most of the film follows the procedure as we see the flagship events of the relationship and watch them fade away from Joel's mind. The problem lies that as he re-experiences some of these moments, he remembers that it was not all bad, and in fact, some of the occurrences are quite special to him. Joel begins to fight internally against the procedure to try and save some of the good memories he has of his time with Clem. This film has achieved at least near cult status in today's pop culture, and seems to be having a sort of renaissance today among YouTube critics and reactors. I was pretty sure I saw this film back when it came out, but very much of it was completely unfamiliar to me. I think perhaps I started watching it and never got back to it. Did I uh, make it through this time? <laughs> what do you think of this, Jason? <laughs> uh, well, you're right. This is a movie that uh, has a uh, 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 an incredible reputation. I mean, not only was it a big hit at the time, made a lot of money, 
um, in 2010, it came up on a lot of uh, uh, lists of 10 best movies of the decade, right? Um, <clears throat> I saw it at the time. I saw it at least once. It seems like I must have seen it again because this is definitely a movie that I think you you have to see at least twice because there's uh, because just the 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 complicated structure of the narrative. Um, uh, so I'm and I knew what was going on. So I think I saw this at least twice when it came out. Um, this is a movie that I've never uh, that I admire. Uh, more than I like, I think this movie really, really has a deep uh, effect on a lot of people, and it aims for a deep effect. It has a, it, it aims for a real emotional resonance, especially with how it sort of turns out and ends up in this place where, uh, uh, this really striking place where, uh, you know, oh, I, there's no, we shouldn't be, we're just gonna spoil it. Um, yeah, we never, they, yeah, they. They erase memories, their memories of each other, uh, and are successful in that. But then they meet again because they just can't not stop having the being drawn to this place, you know, to where they met. Right. And they run into each other again, and then they fall for each other again. They're erasing right? their conscious mind, but perhaps not right. their subconscious. Right, right, right. Um, and so the, the 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 sense in which, uh, so th that statement right there that, um. We, you know, you can erase your memories of somebody, but yet um, you're still in some way, some very, very romantic way sort of faded to keep making the same mistake over and over again. Um, well, is, you don't remember the details, but it doesn't stop a train ride to Montauk being special to you. Right. Yeah. Right. You know exactly. I mean? Exactly. You don't know right. why. Yeah. Right. You, yeah, exactly. And you don't know why. So you're driven to get on that and train. And when you and... see this person again you have a natural, you have the same natural right. attraction that you did the first time. Right. So there's something, there's something deeply, uh, romantic about that kind of fatalism. At the same time, it's deeply, un you know, sort of metaphysically unsettling that we're, are we, are we, should we celebrate the fact that we're making the same mistakes over and again, <laughs> over again, or are we doomed to make the same mistakes over and over again? Um, and so, uh, uh, this is a movie that's just it has a lot on its mind. Um, uh, the fact that Charles Charlie Kaufman um, uh, finds a way to tell the story. I mean, the story began with uh, Michelle Gondry, just sort of a uh, the basic idea, right? You know, um, of these two people erasing their memories, and the the idea of the uh, you know it's a testament to uh, Charlie Kaufman's genius as a screenwriter and he, he won the oscar for this um uh that he finds a way to tell the story uh that um uh, uh is challenging but uh but yet complements it's it's kind of underlying themes that it keeps you it's constantly keeping you keeping you off guard but not so off guard that you're lost mm -hmm. you know um it asks a lot of questions and then um, provides sufficient answers to those you know, to those questions. You know, um, that said, I you know I, I looking looking at this again years later, I think that the the, the main my main obstacle to loving this movie um, is that uh, I I really. There, I really don't buy. I really don't see any chemistry between. Uh, 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 Carrie and and Winslet, right? Um, I have a real problem 
believing them as a couple. I have, uh, I think the nature, the sort of con, the, the complex nature of the narrative keeps it so that you don't really know much about them as people. Um, so you, there's going to be a lot of reliance on the kind of natural chemistry between them, which I think is not uh, non-existent. Um, I think, I think he is definitely too old for this role. He's, he's in his four, early forties at this point in a way that I make, I think makes him seem, I mean, it's a good performance, but it's, um, he comes across as just pathetic. Um, and the character is pathetic, but then on top of that, you added in that he's this scruffy, you know, 41 or 42 year old guy. It makes it just so that he's such a sad sack that I, I don't think I care, um, that he's so heartbroken. Yeah. And Winslet is too, as an actress, she's just sort of too, she comes across as just kind of too down to earth to be this flighty, uh, well, free, I, free spirit I, I wonder type. why that choice is made to make yeah. him so uh, depressive from the yeah. start. Yeah. Before, as we, well, I mean, we meet him after the relationship, I guess, technically. Right. Um, we don't know what he brought into that, but we don't, we assume a similar, because some of the complaints that she has about him are, are his inability to, you know, to just lighten up and, and right, yeah, and she's this sort of uh, silly heart who's, or you know, a complicated person who's dark on the inside, but maybe not outwardly. She's, you know, right, the kind of person who's spontaneous, right, right, at least right. In, in, you know. So, well, why not make them more normal? Yeah, more yeah. um. With more everyday problems that people could maybe be relate more to, my my I think I, I I thought about this. I think the reason I don't like this movie that much is very similar to why I don't. I'm not into everything everywhere all at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a in, the, in there's an hour in the middle of this where it's just getting lost in in the in the the memories falling away yeah, yeah. And, and and the different strange scenarios i just get tired of it. yeah it, it's interesting you bring that up uh uh daniel shiner uh one half of the daniels uh just uh, a few weeks ago said this is his favorite movie of all time and was a major influence uh-huh. on everything everywhere at once and i can see that and i think you're right i think there is a a, a middle section here that becomes a bit re- re- uh, repetitive of just sort of uh Joel kind of fleeing through his different uh, childhood memories. Yeah. Uh, That's sort of, it's cute at first, but eventually it's, it seems like what it is, which is just kind of wasting time. You just kind of, well, it seems like it. I get the point. Yeah. And it is, I mean, it's supposed to be tragic watching these, you know, because, you know, I mean, you think about it, you know, anybody thinks about a breakup right when it happens. They think, oh, well, it was all bad. It yeah. sucks. Right. I'm yeah. miserable. I'd be better off but, never knowing. You know, yeah. out of, you know, when you look back 20 years from now, you probably don't, you might not even remember the good, the bad stuff. Which is, which is what, one of the, and not to interrupt, but, but which is why this, this movie make, would, to me, make, would make so much more sense if they were both like 25, right? Right. That's an age whenever, right after a relationship, you you're at you know uh, you don't you haven't lived you, life enough to yeah, know that you're you gonna would, look at this differently that, later that you're gonna get over this right right that this seems like the end of the world right um, and it seems just pathetic if you, you it seems pathetic to be forty years old and handling a breakup this way right I think so in a, in a way and, and I think um, uh, you know whereas in I admitted when we reviewed everything everywhere all at once that uh, by the time it got to the third act. 
it did work for me a little bit, even yeah. though I was taken out of it for a yeah. while. Because mm-hmm. I, I cared about those characters more than I ever care about these these two. Yeah. And I'm a Kate Winslet fan. Yeah. And, and it, this is one, probably one of my least favorite roles I've, ha- I've seen her in. We'll, we'll get back to the why in a second. And um, I, 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 I have I have thoughts on that. But go on. So, you know, this this movie does very much not cater to things I like in a movie. And I think that's one of the reasons I never really warmed up to it. Um, and I and I really... The side characters. All, I mean, I I could not have told you that Mark Ruffalo, Kristen uh-huh. Dunst were even in this movie. Yeah, two days, you know, three yeah. days ago. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't remember that at all. That's why I think yeah. I didn't watch it all yeah. the way through. I think I was like, no. Yeah. Um, but I I didn't think a lot of that. A lot of that drama. It's the Mark Ruffalo character having to like deal with certain things coming up. That's fine. Yeah. But like the Kirsten Dunst storyline. Oh uh, yeah, with Tom Wilkinson. Is that, is that necessary? I, I found all of that a lot more entertaining mm. uh, today than I did. I remember the first time I watched it, uh, wa- watched the movie, thinking all of that just seemed like, again, seemed like filler. It seemed like sort of like uh, uh, just kind of wasting time. Um, well. I- I don't know. I'm not. I'm not really judging on it on how it works. I'm more mm-hmm. judging it on does this movie need that? Yeah. And I, I don't think it does. I think that there's. I mean, I like the idea that Kirsten Dunst's character mm-hmm. has had the procedure and she, right. know, she she's still hanging in there and doesn't know. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like that idea. But uh, yeah. Well, anyway, anyway, carry on. Well, well, no. I I really like I like the Mark Ruffalo character in this movie a lot. I I wonder. Uh, in fact, I I wonder if what this movie would be like if you switched if you made him Joel if Mark Ruffalo played Joel right right and maybe Kirsten Dunst played um Clem well there, you there's know? your younger character yeah there, younger yeah actress. um and uh and I, I I think this movie would be a little uh uh would, some of the problems that I have uh with the casting uh would uh, uh would be fixed there. Um well it just seems like Joel's miser- I mean again because of where the movie starts you don't know where he's at before this movie. Yeah. But I but, well, I even- assume that he was miserable before he met Clem. Yeah, right. Yeah, and, and, yeah he, he they say he was in this terrible relationship with his off-screen woman. Right, right. Uh, uh Naomi um who uh I looked up who that was uh because uh, she's cut out of the movie, you never see her. But she was, uh, she's on the cutting room floor. Oh, they did shoot. I'm, I'm having for... trouble. It was, it's the woman from Grey's Anatomy. Uh, oh, Ellen made... Pompeo. Yeah, it was Ellen. Oh, Pom- wow. It was Ellen Pompeo who played. Yeah, who who ended who was played Naomi in uh, in deleted scenes. Uh, okay, let's talk about the Clementine character for a sec. I don't think this movie realizes just how problematic the treatment of Clementine is. Every scene in this movie um, is a male projection of her, whether it's Joel subconscious or it's Patrick, uh, you know, the the uh, the, the right uh, 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 the wood character or the wood uh, woods character uh, making the girl he doesn't know at all the target of his obsession. Uh, the one moment of, of personhood or assertion uh, in the script that grants Clementine um uh, 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 some kind of personhood is is in the form of a, of a very sort of clunky and short speech where she says, and I'm, I'll quote this at length, too many guys think I'm a concept or I complete them or I'm going to make them alive, but I'm just a fucked up girl who's looking for my own peace of mind. Don't assign me yours. And we're meant to take from this that she's very sort of assertive and this is what convinces Joel mm-hmm. that she's right. Um, you know, uh, uh, but Note, she's nothing but a concept inside the male mind in this movie, right? 
Um, and I realize this is kind of a tactical problem because of the peculiar narrative structure and the way in which the whole movie is in mo most of the movie is in Joel's mind. Um, but it leaves us with a real problem because I have no idea who Clementine is. I feel like no the men in this movie have no idea who Clementine is. And I, well, and I really don't know why she's worthy of all of this attention. You don't spend enough time with her to know because all you know is Joel's memories of her. Right. And you don't even know how reliable of a narrator he is. Right. And, and outside of that, she's uh, coming to pieces because of dealing with the after effects of this procedure with, with the Patrick. Here. Right. And even when she's, you know, that, that's kind of one of the things that, that didn't work either that I wanted to mention is like the scenes in in the in Joel's mind when they're sort of fighting together to to maintain as mm -hmm. much of it as, as they can it's it's not the real her it's just no, you know, it's, it's, it's yeah, just, yeah. It, it's his it's literally it's like you know when you have a dream of somebody well that's not the person that's right your idea of that person yeah right they can't speak for themselves yeah they can't yeah they can't tell you anything you don't already know about them right um and uh, I, I so that's that's you know this is kind of baked into the pie of this movie. This is kind of like just the nature of the movie, but um, the movie also then wants us to kind of root for them. It wants us to sort of root. Uh, I think yeah, be a dark. It, it would be a darker, a much darker movie, more you know, darker existent, more existential movie if we thought that these two people were genuinely poisoned for each other, but couldn't stop being poisoning each other right. ruining each other's yeah. lives instead i think we're supposed to buy into a more uh, you know the the kind of uh romantic uh fatalism uh uh angle on this but you know i'm left with really wondering who she is and having no idea of joel's good for her you know um <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's really nothing about Joel that makes he be really great that great for anybody. Right, exactly. Uh, maybe there, and maybe there's nothing good about her that's good for anybody, but we don't know. Yeah, right. We don't, we don't know. I mean, we, all we know is that when you know to deal with him, she gets drunk a lot. You know, um, but you know, yeah. if you but if I maybe if I were around such a sad sack, I'd get drunk a lot. Maybe, but I mean, it just I mean, I get drunk a lot anyway. But you know. <laughs> It, 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 this movie taps into a people like sense of romanticism, and I think that it's fake in a way. I don't know. It's at the very, at very least, very, very abstract. It's, it's very theoretical. I think the emotional punch at the end of this movie, and there really, it really does have a certain kind of emotional punch when you realize that oh, the first scene you saw of the t these two was the present day, right? And they were meeting again for the first time, right? And then. Uh, working your way back to that that you know packs a certain kind of emotional punch um I, ju I i just wish and and there are uh there are moments in this movie where you get a glimpse into their their relationship um they're kind of quirky the kind of quirky ways they have fun together like when they're uh, uh, they take turns smothering each other with a pillow, you know, you know, hey, which is, I'm which next. is I get to go next. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know, okay. One more time and I get to go next. Right. And uh, if, if only they had spent more uh, only if, if Kaufman had if found, figured out more ways to get that stuff in, maybe we could have uh, found a little, uh, we would have a little more of a rooting interest in that. Oh, these two people are seriously eccentric and maybe, eccentric in exactly the right way for each other right yeah you know? I, I see what you're saying 
Instead, he really, uh, the script really uh, lingers on, like, them out at dinner and Joel in a very obnoxious, self-pitying way saying, oh my god, are we going to be those people that everybody uh, pities because they have nothing to talk about at dinner? Right. It's like, yeah, you know what? Yes, because that's the nature. <laughs> that's the nature of a long-term relationship, yeah, I mean, you I fuckhead. Think... You yeah, go out to dinner and you don't the, talk at much. At the same time, I don't think people have that conversation <laughs> either. They don't have a hard time with that idea. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, if you're – look, if, if, if you don't want to be – that person in a long-term relationship, then go from go from one night, you know, two months relationship to two month relationship, and just keep chasing the thrill of the uh, the thrill of the uh, of the infatuation. But, but I mean, right? don't, don't you feel like, as somebody who's in a real relationship, some days there is plenty of conversation, and just some days there's just not. Sure. And if you're comfortable enough, you just don't really figure your way through it. You just kind of just. Let right, go. right. Tomorrow who, will be a day. Right. You know. who, who, except for people very early on, are self-conscious about the fact that um, when you go out to, to dinner, you, you eat. It's the kind of people that want to send out a family newsletter every year. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, this is... <laughs> I don't want to get super, but I mean, you've been married for a long time. I've been married for a long time. And this comes up. I mean, when you think, when you talk about a date night, when you talk about going out, it's one thing if you have something to do, but when you talk about, you know, going out to, uh, to do something, just the two of you, it does occur to you. We talk all day long. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, right? I mean, if we go out to dinner, it better be good food because well, I mean, you know, and then you know, you talk about this and make fun of uh, make fun of this or that, and, and, and maybe and, you and, have and, some... and sometimes, I mean, uh, certain things are in your mind, and it just makes a good dinner conversation, no matter how long oh, often you've had it, right? But sometimes it just doesn't. But then again, yeah, right. If it's just food, if you're just out eating, yeah. enjoy the food. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, so um, and, and that goes. To and just, he comes right? off as just he comes off as just sort of an obnoxious kind of whine. Yeah, I mean, I think to sack. expect every conversation mm. with somebody you spend a lot of time with to be magical is is ridiculous. Right. Yeah. And maybe more in line with somebody who's twenty five or eighteen, like you said. Well, exactly. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. All right. If this is the first relationship you've ever been in, and you don't, you you know, you don't know. Um, if you're supposed to be entertained or entertaining the person, then that's one thing. But these, you know, but he's he's forty. <laughs> I, I know. So, um, and and granted, I, I mean, the, the nuts and bolts of 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 casting is that, you know, uh, uh, he, you know, Michelle Gondry liked him. He had worked with him before. Uh, once jo- once Jim Ca- Jim Carrey's red hot at this time. Once he yeah, got, these are once, hot people to put a movie. At this one, time. yeah, and so is she. You know, uh, once they're on board, then you're almost your movie, and that's how your movie's gonna get made. So, um, your casting is maybe a little bit forced on you, but um, nonetheless, tr- you know, in retrospect, you know, eighteen years later, eh, um. <laughs> As we say Time about for a movie a, remake. That a bunch of people really like. So. Right, as we say about one of the most <laughs> beloved movies of the 21st century. <laughs> that's, hey, the jo- that's the job. Hated it. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I didn't. No, I, 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 don't, I, I don't hate it either. Yeah, I, right. just, I, I just, it's a movie I admire a lot more than I uh, love. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, look toward the future, as I always say. Because <laughs> we love things that I always say. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. See, this is <laughs> yeah, this, this is, is what happens when you've known each other for too right. long. You you have 
you know, uh, witty banter or casual conversation goes out the window. We and you don't expect it about. to be magic every time. Right. This is why we started this podcast so that we could, you know, we're like, we're going to make you so that we have something to talk about. We're going to make each other watch movies that we don't want to see. <laughs> right. Okay. So our next episode will be, uh, we're going to review the movie Air, Courting a Legend. And we're going to have a random movie next week as well. Okay. Change it up. Do what that. do you think that'll we do be? It. Well, we're going to find out. Okay. Nineteen seventy-five, the Iger Sanction. Ooh, the Iger Sanction. That's that Clint Eastwood movie. Um, it has something to do with an assassin and mountain climbing, and I know this because it was parodied on uh, the TV show Archer. <laughs> Which, by the way, so was White Lightning. <laughs> so I think this. Uh, wow. I think the randomizer hmm. is, is suddenly developed a, a writer taste on for Archer. <laughs> He's a writer on uh, Archer. <laughs> right. Interesting. Anyway, join us for Air, courting a legend, <laughs> Air. and the Iger Sanction. Thanks for listening this week. We appreciate it. Uh, bye for now. Bye-bye.